Hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Training camp day, what is it, four, five, week two? Johnny Venerable, Bobrock, five alive here. (laughs) Quarterback competition alive? That remains to be seen. I'm going to ask my co-host. I want to welcome everybody in here. We got T-Dog. We got Peace to you, Dylan, Chase. Come on in. Let's talk Arizona Cardinals, Bo Brock. Absolutely. I think we are going to be on different sides of the street as far as this quarterback. Uh, you call it a competition. I don't think it's so much of a competition. We've got this, the lanes laid out as far as where Colt McCoy is, where Clayton Toon is. Colt, uh, maybe a bounce back today after a tough Saturday, but we'll get into the conversation. Plus the struggles of this team overall, this offense overall, Kind of getting a new complex offense and the things and the struggles that go into that. We're going to get into all that conversation. It's out there today. Fifth training camp practice. A couple news and notes like Maje Sanders. We finally saw him for the first time in a couple days. Johnny didn't look good. Had a uh, had a cast on his on his hand there. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk to Jonathan Gannon tomorrow and kind of get a timeline and when he could potentially return. Uh, but Arizona Cardinals, for the most part, though, full strength. That's how they're uh, no Trey McBride against today. Again, yeah. today, no Hollywood Brown. They started kind of easy drills with the team. And then when the real practice kind of began, they were on the sidelines. So a couple things to follow along with, but the biggest is how the quarterbacks were playing. Yeah. When are we going to go up tempo, like mid season, later in the season? What do you, what are you thinking, Bo Brock? You think this team's going to crank up the tempo in the preseason? Cause right now I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned. I would love to see, I see other teams, you know, in the morning on my Twitter timeline, they're cranking it up. They got the pads on. They're rocking and rolling. And again, I, I don't doubt the intensity from Austin Ford and Gannon, but to Michael Evans' point, they're still in pajamas right now. They're in pajamas, and it looks like kind of going through the motions a little bit, and uh, you were cranking out tremendous highlights uh, through your account, the PHNX Cardinals Twitter account. And it's just like, I, I don't know what to make of this. I feel like some things have been decided, yet nothing has been decided because they don't have pads on yet. And when I see, and we're going to talk about Colt McCoy, when I see Colt McCoy struggle in the practices that I'm at, mm-hmm. and they're not going full speed, and I get miscommunication, young receivers, new playbook, like what's it going to look like when they do put the pads on, when they're going 100 miles an hour? I I guess let's start there. Let's start with the quarterback picture because I, I feel like you know Saturday was not great. You and I were there. Multiple interception performance by Colt McCoy. Clayton Toon was fine. Looks like a rookie. But again, bigger expectations for McCoy. He's the incumbent starter. And then like there's a little bit of momentum this weekend from, I would say, the fan base. Like, what are we doing here? We got to get Toon in there, get him some reps with the ones. And then based on what you saw today, sounds like Colt was better. Yeah? Yeah, he was a lot better. But as you mentioned, the tempo, right? And we're starting to see this theme really play out. Uh, there's a couple things at, at play with Colt McCoy. Friday, he continued to work with the ones in another low-tempo practice before a up-tempo practice on Saturday. But McCoy was with the ones but not throwing. Mm-hmm. We talked to McCoy about that today. It's a protocol. It's something that you know he's he's comfortable with. And I think that the Arizona Cardinals, you know, today is a lot of people were anticipating pads being on and, and the physicality yeah. and the tempo going up. It was. It was just a, it seemed like it was a scheduled low tempo day and maybe the pads come on tomorrow and things go ratchet up a notch. And when we talked to, you know, offensive coordinator Drew Petzing, who talked in place to Jonathan Gannon today, we'll hear from JG tomorrow. 
you know, Petzing talked about, you know, several players, you know, from Paris Johnson Jr. to Michael Wilson to Colt McCoy to Kyler Murray. A lot of this, and mostly including the guys that are out there on the practice field, you can only tell so much without pads. And yeah. we're going to learn a lot about this team when the pads do go on. Yeah, I, I think about they've got three padded practices this week. We know they're off Friday, right? Saturday's the red and white practice, the red and white scrimmage annual. Everybody comes out. They're padded up for that. Um, so, And then they play the Denver Broncos next week. So they've got probably, what, 10 opportunities, nine opportunities to, quote, unquote, get right with pads on, let the chips fall where they may before they play a televised game, albeit regionally against a, a Denver team that is talking through the media, has a lot to prove this year. You know their intensity is going to be up. I just, I hope that we're not, because I see some comments here that I, I think are justified. It does, it's not Cliff's camp yet in, uh, compared to what we saw last year, the cupcake training camp, but it does feel like we've got the training wheels on a little bit. And I, I if you were to ask me, novice fan, you know, watching from afar, I would say, well, Gannon, they're going to be hitting day one. They're, Gannon's Mr. Intensity, Mr. Defensive Head Coach. It is interesting. I'm not going to say it's a mistake, but it's interesting the route that they're taking. And perhaps maybe this is a route they took in Philadelphia to keep the team relatively healthy over the course of 17 weeks. Our guy Howard Balzer has talked about it a number of times in his articles that they started the same 11 players on each side of the ball throughout the course of the season that they mm -hmm. didn't in route to the Super Bowl. So if this is something as it relates to like the health of the players, I'm all for it. But like, man, oh man, like I... Trey McBride, who I'm picking on every outlet on this show to have a breakout year, like needs to practice. Hollywood Brown, number one rights receiver, needs to practice. And then when Colt McCoy does practice, it's uninspiring. Like I know he had a better day to that looked like a, a notch be, beyond or above a walkthrough today. Like yeah, those, but that's you can only control what you control. I mean, it's right. not Colt's fault that they're going low tempo and he he looked a lot better than he did on Saturday. And I think that that's the only I mean that's not all the progress that that JV wants, or I'm sure a lot of the fan base wants. They they want to hurry up and, and see this this offense in, in full effect and full form. But I mean, reality. Talking to the the primary play caller and Drew Petzing today, and talking to, to Colt McCoy. I mean, let's be realistic with this. This is they're installing a brand new offense that's completely different than Cliff Kingsbury's you know previous four seasons running the air raid and running a, an offense that was signal in mostly by you know, uh, hand, uh, hand signals and, and other things like that, where this is, this is new verbiage. This is brand new, even to a guy that's been, uh, is, is one of the longest tenured veterans in the league in Colt McCoy. This is, this is brand new stuff. And, and with yeah. that comes, comes growing pains. And, you know, we heard from Colt McCoy. He talked to that producer, Emma, we have that clip where, you know, it's, it's Colt McCoy being realistic as far as where the offense is right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel great. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, the guys have come in here uh, after the break and really have been sharp. You know, Drew's asking a lot of us. He's putting a lot on my plate. He's putting a lot on offensively, like the offensive line, receivers. We're switching around. We're doing a lot of things to see what we can handle. Some days it doesn't look great right now, like we're going through some growing pains. But uh, we get back in the meeting and we detail it up. And um, I'm just personally really excited that we're, we're building something that you know, everyone is going to be confident in, and we're all going to know, um, you know, what that's going to look like by the time we get to week one. I mean, we're in the second week of camp, and you know, really just trying to detail things out and, and execute how Drew wants us to execute.
Here, here's what I want to caution my co-hosts with in, in, you know, the, the fans out there on social media and in the chat, you know, that are, that want to see this thing, you know, run at a, and operate at a high level is you got to be patient. And, and one of the key things there, what Colt McCoy said was, you know, he likes the direction of, of this team, of this coaching staff, of, of the overall just theme of this organization. I mean, that that's the most important thing. Like, don't lose sight of the forest uh, trying to look through the trees there. I mean, I think it's important for people to realize that this is going to be something that's, it's, I mean, I, I know people want to be optimistic and, and see the best of this team and project the best and people kind of come out of nowhere and, and shock the world. But it also, I mean, this is this is a rebuild and you're putting new pieces in place, new play callers on both sides of the football, a new head guy as far as coaching staff goes and JG and, and Monty Osfort. Growing pains are going to happen. And, you know, this is just the beginning of things. And once they get pads on and if, if it's brutal and it continues to get worse and worse, then you can start to hit the panic button. Then we can start calling for heads and, and position changes, moves on the depth chart. But right now, I, I'm going to pump the brakes on that. Yeah, and I, I, I'm really distinguishing it more so with the quarterback position than anything else. You know, and I think the biggest thing for me and for a lot of people is just Cliff's practices were historically so soft. Guys would take practices off. And I think most of us thought, well, this is going to be a 180 because you have a big-time defensive head coach now. And at least so far, that has not happened. But again, I want to specify, my concerns are at one position and one position only based on age and, I, I don't know, lack of production so far. So many good comments here I want to get to. Starting with KK. Saw Steve Kime at Planet Fitness in Gilbert today. Was too scared to ask a question. It's good to hear Steve at, at Planet Fitness. You should go up to him next time. That's good stuff right there. I love that. Was uh, he on, like, uh, one of those, like, seven-day free passes? What was he doing there? I think he was probably FaceTiming another media outlet pretending he was at the gym <laughs> and using the the dumbbells as a background. Forrest Layton. Is Johnny he working the front desk there? Is he, is he working the front desk at the PF out there in Gilbert? He's got Michael Bidwell's checks coming in the mail, <laughs> dropping on that uh, direct deposit. Uh, Forrest Layton, Johnny needs to calm down. Dude's going to have a stroke. I will not come down ever. <laughs> um, and I'm glad Colt McCoy is confident right now because he can be confident enough for the both of us. I'm not confident based on what I've seen from his arm so far. Uh, Fishbowl Flash, you're late. What's up, everybody? No worries. What's up, Fishbowl Flash? Mike A, they need to make sure these fellas understand the ins and outs of each play. Surely the tempo picks up weekly. Hopefully, laughing my ass off. I, again, like, I, I can't think back to 2013. I don't know what Bruce Arians would do, but I know like that was an intense season and they were a physical team. His camp could have mirrored this. I have, I have no memory of that, but I, all I know is I, we were at training camp the last few years and then this year. And so far it, it seems like kind of the same vibes, but again, as Kyler Murray said, it's not even August yet, right? It's not even August yet. Um, now I do want to talk about Clayton tune because I think that, you know, we can be excited about Clayton Tune and his potential, whatever that is, long-term, short-term, and also say, like, right now he's not ready to start week one against the Commanders. And I, I don't know, outside of a miraculous preseason, I don't know what it would look like for him to start week one. But also, he needs to be, on the flip side, he needs to be ready to play because Colt McCoy could go down at any minute. Yeah. I mean, he's getting a ton of opportunities out there. I mean, you're seeing Colt run out there with the first team and then, Directly behind him or next on the practice field is Clayton Toon leading the second team. And, yeah. you know, he's getting the second most reps of any quarterback, if not the most, because, you know, of of Colt McCoy, who, who said he's probably got a no throw day coming up. Uh, Clayton Toon's throwing the most passes in practice right now as an Arizona Cardinals quarterback. And that's that's exciting to hear. 
Uh, is it going to translate to him, you know, taking the reins of this offense week one against the Washington Commanders? Like, as each day passes, like, it, it really just seems like Colt McCoy is entrenched until Kyler Murray comes back as the starter of this of this team. Until, you know, we, we talked doomsday scenario of Colt McCoy comes out in the first half against Washington and, and just completely falls apart. And, and then they look maybe to Clayton Toon for somebody to give this offense a boost. But as of right now, I, I think that they, they really want to proceed with, the, as you call him, the incumbent, it, you know, the, the QB2, the backup, and, and the starter while Kyler Murray's away. So Clayton Toon, here's how you should look at this. This is an exciting young player that I think Monty Osfort did his homework on and got him in the fifth round, made the right decision to take him over DTR out of UCLA. It was the right move. And the league was sleeping on him. And it, it could potentially be the backup of the future for the Arizona Cardinals going forward. But to say, hey, I like him so much, I want to throw him to the Wolves week one, I, I think that's a bit naive. I really don't think that that's the, the best route and, and the best path to have a successful career, whatever it might be for Clayton Toon, uh, you know, right out of the gates. These are the kind of comments I live for on this show. Mr. J, please don't try and tell me cold is ready. My dead grandma throws a better ball than what I've seen so far. She's got a good arm. I don't know what to tell you. She she had a she had a good arm. <laughs> Still does. Still oh, does. Granny from the pocket there with her with her cane. I mean that excellent was, footwork and really kind of drives through it. Yeah. Granny eating dinner at 4 30. She's got to pay for it at the Cardinal <laughs> facility. Man, oh man. I listen, you guys are on point today. I love you all. Like this video. I'm, I'm not satisfied with Colt's arm. You seem like you've taken a turn. Did Colt buy you a no, snack? Look, I'm, I'm just not here? here to say that he's he's completely incapable of going out there and running this offense because he had a bad he had a couple bad days. I mean, they click Colt's comfortable with the protocol. JG's more than comfortable with the protocol. The training staff is there to do better than the previous training staff. Like, I, I think. You just have to to trust the process. But here's the thing. I mean, it's like Colt McCoy could have the perfect preseason, right? And yeah. and he could get it together, and it could still happen week one that he seems overmatched at the quarterback position. That, yeah. That's that's a very likely scenario. Do you think Colt McCoy's playing in the preseason? I don't. I don't I think, think he has does. to. I think, you think so? I think it's a necessity. I, I really do. I think he can't, he can't throw the ball every three days of practice. You think they're going to put well, him No, that's the practice? protocol. It's not that he's not capable of doing that. It's a very big difference. It's, it's not that he's just like, oh, my arm is dead. I literally can't throw better well, than Mr. J's grandma. I can't get Hang out there. I want to talk about this protocol thing because it's taken yeah. a life of its own. Like, it, again, like I've never seen it. You've never seen it where you go through team and you don't, or you go through the entirety of practice and you're the quarterback and you don't throw the ball. They're going to do that like what every couple of days, every three, four days. Feels like it. And 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 they're going to trot him out there in the preseason. I I don't know, man. I, I feels like you know what it feels like. It feels like you've got an antique and you're trying to showcase your antique, I, but you have. I want to get into the DeLorean right now. I want to gun it to '88. I want to get back to 2017 when Carson Palmer would have just days where he wouldn't even like. He was on a such an elaborate throwing schedule and they would, they would sit him down. What your thoughts were on Carson Palmer back then? Because I mean, he, I guarantee he wasn't even just going out there and running offense with the ones like Colt McCoy is. How many games he play that year? Oh yeah. He got hurt that year. He broke Carson his arm, didn't he? Yeah, he got hurt that year and they were not smart and didn't get a backup. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes or Deshaun well, Watson. Drew Stanton. He got hurt. 
Oh yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's use Carson as a comparison where his body literally broke down that year, the year that he had maintenance on his arm during training camp right. and he never played again. Um, again, if you, and I think people in the, people in the chat give, I'll justify this here. If, if they know secretly, which they do not, they don't know this, but if they did, if they knew Kyler Murray was coming back week three or week two, you could put Colt McCoy on ice and say, Colt, just get us eight quarters, man. Get us 12 quarters. We That's all we need. Give, give us your best fastball for, you know, a, two and a half weeks, and then we'll take it from there. Does anybody think that's that's what's happening? I don't. Like, I, I, I want Kyler Murray to come back. I want him to be back week one because I've seen the alternative. It's not yeah. great. But if... If you're saying to me right now, Johnny, we gotta get we gotta get the baton to week six or week seven. He's what's he, your he, what is your alternative? What, what is your alternative? Well, listen, I I had alternatives in March when there were yeah. alternatives available. I'm I'm get present me with the options now. That's why I'm so critical. Like I haven't been critical of anything this operation has done because mm -hmm. I think they've handled it masterfully. But Colt McCoy, for them to stick with him in March. And keep his four or five million dollar salary, which if you you could have cut him, you would have gotten most of that back. And they're pinching pennies right now, and rightfully so. You wouldn't need to convince me if I'm Austin Ford and Gannon in the spring. Colts ready to let it rip. Remember, he didn't finish the season last year. To your point, was not good last year. Couldn't finish the season. Got hurt. I, I'm sure everybody has a new plan when the season starts. And our low line's going to be better, and our receivers are going to do that. Well, number one, you want DeAndre Hopkins. Everybody's picking you to be terrible, but. You think every third or fourth day not having Colt McCoy throw the football is is going to get him to Kyler Murray? I don't. I don't think so. I think, you know what I think? I think this Toon versus McCoy thing is moot because Clayton Toon is going to play before Kyler Murray comes back. I'm going to make that prediction right now. No way Colt McCoy gets us to Kyler Murray. Clayton Toon, if he is the number two quarterback when the season begins, he will start at least a game. Yeah, yeah. but Colt starts the opener. How long does that last? I mean, I mean just, all he has we, to do is get now to You September told me on Saturday, 10. you go, would, it, would you be surprised if we're in the second half of the Commanders game and Clayton Toon's out there? No. Yeah. I wouldn't but, be surprised. Uh, but I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, I mean, it would take an injury to get, I think, to get Colt out of that position. And that, but he's already, I mean, the maintenance is so he doesn't get injured, right? Or they're preparing for him not to get injured. When you're preparing not to get injured, I just, When's the last time that's really? I mean, like Matthew Stafford's body is is broken right now. They're doing mm -hmm. the same thing in Los Angeles. Does anybody think Stetson Bennett's not going to play this year? They were trying to offload Stafford. He's got load management days right now. Yeah. I mean, it just it's concerning. And he's, and he's he's way more talented than Cole McCoy. Well, he that's is. what I'm saying too. Yeah. Like they, they no, have I a chance. I understand all that. I understand all that. But I just I think trying to get into the you know the mindset of what this this uh, the decision makers for the Cardinals is. I mean, I. They it just feel like they want to move forward with McCoy. They feel right now, as far as available quarterbacks, he's their best option if healthy week one and beyond. And they don't want to start Clayton Tune too soon. Dylan Richards, I think the front office just doesn't believe in any QBs right now and is just biting the bullet until Kyler. Like, I think there's some truth to that, Dylan. Very similar to the approach to the draft, right? Why, why did that have to be? If that's the case, if what Dylan is saying is correct, why did you not? This team's got $25, $30 million right now. Mm -hmm. Why did you not make it a priority? Hey, our quarter, we don't want to rush our quarterback back. Let's get somebody who's going to help us evaluate. Cause like you could, everybody could sit here and say, I want the number one pick. I want to tank. And that's your prerogative, 100%. A lot of the fan base feels that way. I want to evaluate 
Michael Wilson and Trey McBride. And I want to see Hollywood Brown produce. And I want to see if Rondell Moore can put it together. And I, I want to see Greg Dorch get the ball accurately thrown to him. None of that's happening worth a jack shit if Colt <laughs> McCoy's out there compromised with a, with well, a lame duck arm. That's why you needed to go out and get a Jacoby Brissett or Gardner Minshew in free agency. And you could have afforded that person. I mean, talk about it, names that don't exactly. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Because they started games last year. You have a yeah. track record. So did Colt. But Colt, though, I think there's already a little bit of like, a little bit of this. Imagine, imagine you go to some sort of function and there's a, a, a table and it's just full of shit sandwiches. They're all equal. They're all shit sandwiches. I mean, what's the point? Some of them might be on marble rye bread. Some of them <laughs> Is might be. Right? Is it the, the, the bread and some the of toppings them might be are going to. At the end sandwiches. of the day. You're still you're still gonna be chowing down a, a dookie sandwich. I don't. I I feel like I feel like this is the turn I didn't want to make on this pro on this podcast. It's just like I'm fine with the notion that you're tanking the off season to evaluate what you have, but the one position where you can't f around or you become unwatchable, unconsumable, is with bad quarterback play. Now I know Jose in the chat. We used a draft pick on tune. Um, pension pennies and then free matter for the blind. You got to see what you already have. We know what Colt's capable of. I just, I like Clayton tune. I think it's unfair to ask him to start for this team. I think yeah. it's really unfair. Absolutely. I mean, you see, you see a lot of things you like in, in training camp and we'll show you some, some highlights from camp in a bit, but you know, I, I mean, tunes making some good throws. He's also making some tough reads or, or not making the reads and, He's having some near interceptions. He's throwing interceptions. It's, it's, you're going to take, you're going to get a lot of good with bad. Uh, and, and a lot's going to really, we're going to learn a lot about tune when the pads go on and also when, when, when preseason action starts. And I, and I, I would guarantee that they're going to take, give Clayton tune a long look throughout the preseason. All three of those games, I think you'll see. What does that time. mean? What does that Clayton mean? Tune. I think, I mean, you're going to see him play a lot. You're going to see him take a lot of snaps. I mean, what else do you need to learn about David Blau and Jeff Driscoll who are Nothing. combined Get one them out. I don't want them in this league. I, I think it's a mistake that the Cardinals that you're gonna, you know, puke in your mouth. I there are teams reaching out to Teddy Bridgewater White right now. Why not bring Teddy Bridgewater to camp? Let's let's see what Teddy B can do making underneath throws, you know, not turning the ball over. Again, I said this on Saturday's show. Like if Colt's not completing the open passes and he's turning the ball over, like what are you doing here? I don't people I saw people in my Twitter mentions today, not to call people out. It's like, well, we need Colt for Kyler and leadership. Get that shit out of here. Kyler's I making forty five million that dollars. I think I, that's a, that's a solid take. As far as somebody that, that was already in the building that had the respect of his teammates, offensive and defense. And if 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 the play like you can't, you know, with the naked eye say that there's a this a distinct difference between, you know, McCoy and Josh Dobbs and whoever the hell was available this offseason, uh, you know, it's then you, why not lean towards, you know, the devil you know versus the devil you don't know? I mean, I think that, and, and that that's poorly said as far as what Colt brings to that locker room. I mean, I think he brings a lot. He's kind of, he, to, to not be able to buck a cliche, he's a, he's a coach on the field. And I think that Colt McCoy brings a lot that transcends, you know, being a backup quarterback that, that you know, Gardner Minshew and all his antics. It's fun. Hey, he's got a mullet. Hey, he's got a mustache. Hey, he drives a 1996, you know, Nissan Altima. That's great. But does he does he bring anything beyond trying to survive 
when he gets in the football game when his when his starting quarterback goes down. The Kool-Aid must have been good today for my co-host. With wow, unbelievable. Uh, he's drinking all the Kool-Aid from a, <laughs> what equates to like, oh, yeah. Touch football with my daughter out there, Colt McCoy. <laughs> Bet MGM swing for the fences ain't touch football. It's big time, and it's big time, and it's waiting for you. Easy to get started. Three easy steps. Log in the BetMGM Sportsbook app. By the way, BetMGM, the home of PHNX Cardinals every single football Sunday. I've been saying that this offseason. It sounds great. Sounds even better knowing we are just a few Sundays away from opening day. Commanders, myself, Bob Brock, the entirety of the PHNX Cardinals crew will be there hanging out with all of you. Let's crack some, crack some cool ones like Four Peaks and enjoy. And in the meantime, enjoy the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game from now until September 7th. Be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone. Depending on the area of the strike zone, you select double, single, triple, home run, or pop out. You're going to get the prize associated with that type of hit. You get one per day, but it does expire after 24 hours. So choose wisely and choose quickly. Sign up for the BetMGM app. Use that bonus code. You guessed it, PHNX. Now, there's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our folks in Arizona, Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to our sweet baby boy, Shane Diefenbach, talk about <laughs> it in the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Quarterback play has not been elite. Uh, far from it. Absolutely can drive you drinking. And if it does, why not reach for Four Peaks? You know, Arizona's premier craft brewery. It uh, it encourages you to pick quality as far as your beer choice goes. And it's our proud beer uh, partner here at PHNX Sports. Check them out, 8th Street in Tempe. Of course, they've got the uh, location there that's been there for 25 years Brewing all the great beers, including their flagship Kilt Lifter. If you're IPA guy or gal, go get yourself a Raj or Hazy or a Staycation Super Juice IPA or even the Wow Wheat, which is fantastic. Number one wheat beer in Arizona. You got to follow them on social as well. They're doing giveaways. They're getting you tickets to Diamondbacks games. They're giving back to teachers. Find out more for peaksforteachers.org on that one. And of course, follow them at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with Arizona's hometown brewery. Got to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you drink the beer responsibly. God, I hate disagreeing with my co-hosts here. I, I like when we're on the same it's page, okay. um, but, okay. I'm, you know, leave you from one day. And Logic, level-headedness, and there's you. Um, uh, Dylan Richards in the chat. Aside from Johnny's tweet today, I haven't heard much about Greg Dorch. Is he still looking solid? I feel yeah. like I want him as a starter. 100% well. Uh, yeah, Greg Dortch is, is running with the twos as, as the primary slot receiver with Clayton Toon's unit there. And I'm sure that uh, if, you know, with Rondell Moore being the primary slot with the ones, I mean, there's feels inevitable, right? Just looking at Rondell Moore's uh, playing time and snap load since his 2018 freshman year at Purdue. I mean, and there's there's been opportunities for all the receivers playing behind him. So Greg Dortch is, is continues to, to work his ass off and make big plays for this team and be reliable for whoever's throwing him the football, uh, continues to look solid. And one of the few question marks as far as this roster goes.
Yeah, I, we've got a great clip from my co-host at PHNX underscore Cardinals at Dorch making an adjustment on a little seam route during, uh, you know, pitch and catch with the quarterbacks. And it just everything you ask Greg Dorch to do, he does it uh, well, right? He may not be a perennial all pro player, but I think he was robbed of opportunities last year. I think the, the franchise knows that. And like you want Greg Dorch on your team. Um, and again, same thing I said about Colt McCoy. I like Rondell Moore, but does anybody want to put hundred bucks on him finishing the season healthy? Yeah. Again, that's not a knock on him. He hasn't been healthy since 2018. You know who gets his ass lit up and is in there the next play? His name's Greg Dorch. So um, he's going to be active on special teams. He's going to return punts. And I, you know, all it takes is is Rondell Moore to slip up one time, no pun intended, and, and for Greg Dorch to be inserted. And unlike the last regime, like they have nothing tied to Rondell Moore. But they no. tendered Greg Dorch and, and they said, no, 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 come here and compete. And nobody competes like that young man. I mean, he he's he, I like the receivers. Just part of the reason, Bo, I'm so frustrated by the by the issue with with quarterbacks. It's like I, I think Hollywood's gonna get open. I think Michael Wilson's gonna have opportunities. And then, you know, Dorch and Zach Pascal and, and Rondell Moore, like much, much worse receiving cores in the NFL. Like get them the football, let your playmakers, yeah. you know, make plays for you. Bashir asking, you know, how's Trey McBride as well, since he probably going to, what was the end of this, probably going to be our number one tight end. Absolutely. In a, in a tight end room that uh, is down its top receiver in Zach Ertz. He makes his way back from the ACL tear, plus another ligament that was that was fixed during surgery. Uh, McBride hasn't been practicing. I mean, he's well, he's been out there to start practice. He'll warm up and he'll go through a couple drills but really not doing too much just yet. Nothing's been disclosed as far as what he might be battling. And then Hollywood Brown, same boat. I haven't seen him about as just as long as, as Trey McBride. He's out there catching passes from the quarterbacks to start kind of before they get into position drills. Uh, but Hollywood and, and Trey McBride have been kind of sidelined for the last couple of days. Uh, but if you're looking at, if you're starting to build depth charts, you know, your wide receiver core right now, uh, your top three, Hollywood Brown, then you've got Zach Pascal, I think, to start the season would be your primary outside receiver opposite Hollywood Brown, and then you've got Rondell on the slot. Trey, if he if he's healthy, he'll be your starting tight end. They do two tight end sets a lot. You know, Jeff Swaim, a guy who was added uh, the week training camp began from the Tennessee Titans. He's a guy that JG loves. I think Bunny Ford's a big fan. You look at the stats, nothing like, like blow you away, but – He's somebody that has the coaching staff's trust already, uh, so it's it, it's uh, it's a little it's a little weird out there. There there is some eeriness and it resembles too much of what camp you know country club looked like last year. But it, you just have to trust that behind the scenes that this team is 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 doing the right things as far as trying to get their guys on the field. I think they absolutely are. Um, and then I saw was it. Who asked about Saban and Simmons? Th those are two guys. When we talk about the the pads going on, I think yeah, Danelle asking how's Isaiah and, and Zaven looking? They're looking fine. I mean, there was a couple where where Zaven going up against Paris Johnson, and he's just a monster of a man, even though he's a rookie. Where Paris got the best of him, but you know we're seeing a lot of Zaven with the ones. We're seeing Isaiah sprinkled in there with the ones, depending on if they come out in base or if they come out in a different formation. So I think that those are guys that. It's really going to be interesting to see how it looks with pads and how they kind of develop in this new system under JG and Nick Rallis. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm giving them patience because they're starting over uh, and, and they're stripping it down, right? So those are two guys that 
uh, I'm going to give grace to. And I think, listen, if anything you can say about those two individuals, they're, they're physical players. Like Zavin's a physical player, as is Isaiah. So I don't, I don't worry about them, especially when the pants come on. I think this time is probably even more crucial, the technique of playing safety and the technique of playing rush defensive end. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. The Michael Wilson stuff is fascinating because every time you look up, he's making another play. Um, mm-hmm. I don't love – you know, we're 40, 41 days away from the opener and we got guys like not practicing for multiple days in a row without an injury designation. It's a little concerning. Uh, I don't, I, you know, the, the coaching staff much, much smarter than I, than I am like, okay, if you feel like you can get them ready, you know, in a couple of weeks to play the commanders week one and play at a high level, like Hollywood Brown's in a career year. So, you know, he wants to be practicing and Trey McBride has a golden opportunity. He wasn't drafted by this regime, but they like him. Can he stave off Zach Ertz for the entirety of the year? Like you would think so, but you got to be out there and you got to be practicing, you know, yeah. all these projected pop years for these guys. I mean, like who who's on track right now? I was thinking yeah. to myself before the show, it's like, well, the receiving core stunted right now by the quarterback play potentially. And then you've got some of our, you know, gems that we like that aren't practicing. It just, it's, it almost training camp started, but it almost feels like it hasn't started. You know what I right. mean? And and that was that feeling was the theme throughout. That that yeah. was the feeling the entire time. But I'll assure people like it, it, there's a difference, right? There's a difference. Like Hollywood is out there and he's he's catching passes. He, yeah, he I saw him like, at the beginning of practice. Or, you tweeted out a clip and it looked like he was going to practice. Yeah, it did. And then it, you get all the way up into that point, and then you know he just kind of walks off to the to the sideline, and um, I don't know, maybe the just trying to to be super cautious with that. Uh, so any D line standouts, sheer ass and in, in the D line is one of those where you're starting to see some guys work their way into the the first team and seeing a lot of Richard Lawrence, seeing a lot of Jonathan Ledbetter, uh, and you're seeing a lot of Carlos Watkins. And so like Jonathan Gannon it really feels like it's it's a three four. It really you know, and people push back and say he hey he runs a four three. No, it's it's mostly been a three four, and he's got the big big defensive linemen and tackles in there like a Watkins Lawrence Ledbetter, and then he's got you know your outside linebackers and Zayvon Collins and Gardak, uh, and then you've got the two middle linebackers like uh, Kazir White, Chris Barnes, Josh Woods. Uh, free matter for the blind, the D line. Eesh. I mean. They, I think the pass rushers have a chance. I think over the course of the year, the D tackles are, I mean, they are what they are. They're not household names. You just pray that Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon can get the most out of that group. And I think that the biggest telltale sign of how that group's going to project the early portion of the season is when the pads come on, like, are they getting engulfed by like Will Hernandez and Yelda Froholt, or is the D line getting pushed around, or is like Rashad Lawrence out there battling and he's staying healthy? Like that'd be would be a welcome sight because mm-hmm. they just they just did not invest resources. Um, part of that is they haven't had an opportunity. The draft just didn't fall their way. They didn't want to go out and sign thirty plus year old free agent D tackles, which I agree with Bo. But it, I mean, I put it in my camp observations yesterday. It's just like that feels like can we just put some some duct tape over the window and pray it doesn't rain? Like, that's what it feels like at that position unit. Whereas, like, other units, it's like Zavin's a first-rounder, two third-rounders last year, a pass rusher, a second-rounder, a pass rusher this year. Kazir White can play. The back seven, I think, could be pretty good. It's the middle of that defensive line where it's just like, can we get some some help, any help? And 
do you think it's do you think it's funny that they haven't signed a, a name during during training camp or do you think they're going to be active because again like the, the further along we get into this especially when they put pads on is like some of these guys are just going to prove they can't play yeah i mean they'll weed themselves out and that's i think that they were waiting to get to this point before they started to make a rash of moves and, and start to tweak some things and just find out for themselves like okay we we know for sure this this holdover from the previous regime is just like okay, exactly what we thought all right let's cut the cord now so yeah I, I think that we're not too far away from from them making a couple moves here and there and and we'll see what they decide to do with uh with the second year pass rusher Majay Sanders as he's clearly looks like he's got a hand injury as his, his hand was in a cast yeah so it's uh I, I think we're 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 close to some moves going down. So it will be interesting to see if they put the pads on. It was anticipated they were going to put them on today, but tomorrow probably is the likely first day of pads for Jonathan Gannon's team. They need it. Um, I need the highlights from today. You got them for me, Bo Brock? Absolutely. Producer Emma will pull these up. The uh, like the sights here. This is going to be a Clayton Tune uh, looking down the field, across the field. He's going to find a Greg Dorch. And as Johnny mentioned, I mean, this is the low tempo. This is where the ball goes up and it looks like uh, the, the defenders kind of pull off, make sure that there's not going to be any kind of real physicality here. That's Davian Davis wearing the old DeAndre Hopkins, number 10 from from Toon. Uh, and then this is Toon down the sideline to Michael Wilson. Feels like there's a pattern here. Wilson, yeah. This is Colt McCoy. This was uh, this was his final pass in the red zone. This kind of I, I think I sent these to Emma backwards. So that was the last one he had in the red zone. It'd cap off a three for three red zone day for him, finding touchdowns too. He found James Conner as well. This one he gets off to Rondell Moore. And then this one's going to be over to the back of the end zone. Yeah, that's the James Conner or Rondell Moore catch. So not too bad. As I said, Colt McCoy bounced back. And, you know, this is against the one defense. This is the, uh, the Conner. He's going to pull this one down. And, you know, I mean, that's. If if that's the plan and and that's the best you can look in these you know the pajama Olympics that that's that's what you're gonna get. Tune can can flip and rip it, man. Like yeah. they have a higher upside with him playing. But again, what's the low look like? Is the low like you know four interceptions and a half? Is the low like he gets his brains beat in because he has no pocket awareness? You know, I yeah. I I am so excited to watch him in the preseason because you really just don't know. Yeah, like he's not having a. This is not Malik Willis in in the Titans training camp last year. It was like, I don't can can this guy even be on the roster? To, he, right. He's going to be on the roster this year, but can he can he force the issue with Colt McCoy? I think you're right. I think it's only going to be from an injury to Colt. Physically, it's it's not even a close match, right? Clayton Tune, it's bigger, superior athlete, better arm, but I mean, he's he's not going to know when he get breaks the huddle. You know how to diagnose the defense immediately. How to how to uh, read, you know, coverages or you know what what the defense might try to do. Uh, and, and he's he's probably not going to have a, a good idea of of where he wants to go with the football right away. And I think that's what Colt McCoy is going to give you is he's going to immediately be able to start diagnosing the defense, putting people in the right place, making audibles. It's not going to cut the field really in half like you would have to do with a rookie quarterback. He's going to be able to get the ball, and you're going to be able to use all your playmakers, you know, given he can get the, the ball to him with his arm strength or lack thereof. Uh, little KZ, thank you so much. $2 Super Chat. 
What's y'all prediction on Kyler's return? It's a great question. It's the million dollar question. Everybody wants to know. I, I think it changes every day. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's going to play the majority of the season. Um, I, I would say it's probably not realistic right now to expect them to play week one. You know, I'll still go on the record. I don't think they're going to keep him on PUP to start the year. And I would, I would say that, uh, you know, early October is, is a good sign if he can come back at that point. I feel like that's, I mean, that's two full months away. Um, really it's just going to depend on when he starts practicing, but I would say like that first or second week of October, I think we'll see the franchise quarterback. Love to see it. I'd love to see it. You know, similar time frame. Carson Wentz, uh, did he come back too early for the Eagles? He he came back what three weeks into the season after his ACL injury in December. Uh, I'd I'd love it, and and that would probably keep the team if it was within that time frame. They wouldn't put Kyler on the PUP, so we would have to miss a certain, like a required amount of games, and it would keep the speculation would run rampant, no doubt about it. But. Uh, you, you want to kind of give hope, especially when, when you're seeing the quarterback play that we've seen so far through five training camp practices. Uh, Nick, serious question. What happens if Toon pops off and we have a winning record with him before K-1 comes back? I think, it, I mean, it would it would have to be how are they winning games? What do the optics look like? Like if Clayton Toon, by miraculous set of circumstances, let's say Colts unavailable, and they play five games with Clayton Toon and they're 5-0, and and he's throwing like 300 yards and three touchdowns. Like they're going to keep playing Clayton Toon. Like they they would just that's that's what would happen. But if like let's say they're two and three and they're winning games with like defensive turnovers for touchdown. I mean it, it's just it's a case by case basis. So I mean I would love for Clayton Toon to come out and play perfect football and lead this team to a winning record. I think that's asking a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean Dreaming's free, right? That, that a guy's going to go from playing uh, Temple the college level and well, I what I will say he did play a ton of college football. I know you're, you're concerned. And so am I like, how can he check at the line of scrimmage at the NFL level against Ron Rivera? And I agree with that, but I also think like, you know, some guys start for a year at the college level and it takes him a while. I mean, he's played a lot of football. He I was, I was talking to somebody earlier today who has no ties to the Cardinals. And they're like, well, Clayton Toon should be ready. I'm like, really? You think so? And then you know, more, you look at it. I mean, like how much more collegiate football could he have played it that to time for him? I just wouldn't do that to yourself. I mean, when when you look at the, maybe the exception to the rule, it's Dak Prescott, right? He was a day three pick, but he played at Mississippi State. He played Bama. He played, you know, SEC, SEC ass kickers all the time on a weekly basis. And he had a, a very, you know, uh, productive college career. And they they simplified things for for Dallas early on, and they, they, they lean on the run game. They had an incredible offensive line. I think the Cardinals' offensive line is going to be better, but is it going to be ideal for a rookie quarterback come to come in this situation? Like, just if you want if you want to root for Clayton Toon, like I get it, but you should you want him to be successful at this level, and I just don't think the pieces are in place for him to be set, successful right out of the gates. Yeah, Bo's rooting against Clayton too, and it's obvious. Yeah. Braden in the chat, dollar ninety nine super chat. Thank you so much. Is the defense looking good with all the changes? I came away Saturday thinking the defense looked good, and that was in part because of the quarterback play from Colt McCoy. But I, I think the defense Bo is going to be more aggressive, opportunistic. I think that just ideology and philosophy under JG is we take the ball away. I'm bullish on the back seven. I stand by my opinion. Like if they get just average defensive tackle play, I think it's a unit that. That is going to surprise some people. Maybe, maybe not early on, but when they start humming and guys settle into their roles in October, November, 
it's going to be a strength of the team because I I'm bullish on their coaching staff defensively. Absolutely. I mean, remember the coaching staff last year just couldn't put uh, these these defensive secondary members in, in a place to to cover. Like they were yeah, they were getting decent out. pressure, right? You know, JJ Watt and and Zach Allen were very disruptive to start the season, even though you didn't get a whole lot off your edges. Yeah. Uh, but I mean. They just couldn't cover at all, and I don't think you're going to have that issue. I, I I like what I've seen from Marco Wilson. I really like what I've seen from Christian Matthew, who seems to be given an opportunity here as Garrett Williams makes his, his way back from an ACL tearing at the college ranks, third-round pick out of Syracuse. Uh, and then, of course, you know what you're going to get from Buda and Jalen Thompson, and we'll see what we get from Isaiah Simmons. But you know, outside of Simmons, I, I think you're in a pretty good spot. It, it's really that defensive front, though, that, that's the biggest concern. Can can they do enough to make a quarterback uncomfortable? Can they slow down a run game enough necessary to where a team can't doesn't just lean on that and gash you, you know, for five six yards of carry, and they don't really have to, uh, you know, pass too too often and 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 kind of pressure your secondary. Yeah, I'm fired up. See, a lot of these young players play uh, during the preseason. I'm excited. I'm also excited because Bo, guess what shows up at my house tomorrow? My second batch of factor meals. I have been loving our factor meals service. And, you know, I do not have time to prep my own food. It's, we got an eight-year-old, we got a three-year-old, we're busy all the time. It's like, if I just want to eat something, I can pop it into the microwave. I can pop it into the oven seven minutes and it's healthy. It's good for me. They've got a ton of good stuff. If you're thinking to yourself, I'm skeptical of meal services. I've never done them before. This is a great one to dip your toe in. It's factors meal at factorsmeal.com, and we're going to save you some money. All you got to do, insert PHNXCARDS50 and use that insert code PHNXCARDS50 to get 50% off. Not only do they have like dinner, they've got lunch, they've got breakfast foods, they've got snacks, they've got shakes. Try the chocolate cake shake. It's fantastic. It's not Portillo's chocolate cake shake. It's a different kind. It's supposed to help your gut health. does fantastic work for you, keeping you full throughout the day to minimize my cravings. I'm such a big fan of theirs. And again, we only partner with partners here at PHNX that we believe in that we use, paid with my own money, got my second batch coming. It's got like 10 plus meals, the amount of money that that you're saving with these codes, guys. Check it out. Again, factormeals.com, PHNX cards 50 is the code. Uh, you'll be happy that you did. And then let us know if you're liking it, what meals are popping off for you and your family. We're going to continue to save you some money. It's the best uh, deal of the season and continues with Shady Rays. ShadyRays.com. Go save yourself 50% off on two or more pairs of premium polarized shades. Johnny wears them. I wear them. Producer Emma's wearing them. We've got our family members wearing Shady Rays. If you haven't checked them out yet, check them out on the website. Check them out on their socials as well at Shady Rays. And check them out at their store in North Scottsdale, Kieran Commons. Check that out as well. They've got all of their products on full display. And then go to the website and buy them using that code PHNX at ShadyRays.com. It's an exclusive offer to our listeners, PHNX. Use that code at ShadyRays.com. Get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Uh, so we've got another super chat from our guy or gal, Lil KZ. Uh, $2. Thank you so much. Clayton Tune or Colt McCoy, who do y'all got? I mean, like, I, I would rather see Clayton Toon play, but I understand their decision. I don't want to – I've made it clear. Like, I have no interest in, like, watching Colt McCoy play for six weeks before Kyler Murray comes back. Now, is it is it two to three weeks? 
I can sign up for that, but I, it's hard for me. And I think a large population of the fan base, Bo, to get excited about watching number 12 at this point. Again, that's, it's not an indictment on Colt, the person or what he's done for this franchise. He's one of the greatest backups they've ever had, but like there's an expiration date on everything. And I, I just feel like his time with the franchise had expired when Cliff Kingsbury was fired. Like, what what was the point of bringing back uh, a, an old piece of the of the last regime when you between Awesomeford, Petsy, and Gannon have ties mm. to a bunch of guys? Go get somebody else. But I I don't know. Yeah, I think it's you know probably the best guy that they felt was available or at the quarterback position as far as being able to pick up a new offense and run that offense in the absence of your starting quarterback. I. I mean, I don't think if you pressed them, anybody would say, hey, I want to start Clay, you know, uh, Colt McCoy at the quarterback position week one or and or weeks beyond that as we let Kyler Murray come back. But, you know, Gardner Minshew, Josh Dobbs, who were some of the other guys that were out there that that the Cardinals... Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, who, who did run it on, on, under Petsing, but, you know, Brissett, probably the Cardinals got priced out by the commanders who gave him, what, $10 million to, to play... to compete for the quarterback position. I just think, you know, the commanders are an organization that it's this fan base is going to be rejuvenated with the ownership change, you know, two decades of futility and and just brutal ownership and and leadership that FedEx field is, is probably going to be a little bit more hostile than people are are used to seeing. It's going to be more story of how raucous the crowd is and, and the team vibing off that instead of sewage falling from the third deck on the second deck. You know, it, it's, a, it's going to change. It's, things are changing as far as that organization goes. And to throw, it's one of the bigger stadiums in the, in the league, to throw a guy like Tune in there uh, and, and to not really have a full grasp of this new offense. If, if Clayton Tune is ahead of schedule as far as grasping, you know, Drew Petzing's offense, uh, and he's he's ready to roll, and the offensive line's in a good spot, and he lit the world on fire in the preseason, and, and he really kind of answers a bunch of questions uh, that you usually have about a rookie quarterback, then fine. But I just don't think that he's going to be able to check that list off enough so to where it's going to make Jonathan Gannon, Drew Petzing, and the decision-makers for the Cardinals uh, comfortable enough to rock with him over Colt McCoy. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'll I'll reserve my judgment. And again, I'm rooting for Clayton Tune till the preseason. And if if Colt looks bad and Clayton looks better, then maybe they maybe they start him in a game and just to kind of see what they have. Free matter for the blind. Monty obviously saw something in tune, in tune. I think they give him a shot again. I I think he plays at some point. Um, sure. Unless unless Kyle disagree with that. Sooner rather than later. I if and again a, like, Colt can't stay healthy and B Colt just can't be productive. I mean, you're not gonna it, that that's the definition of insanity. I mean, they're not gonna continue to do the same thing, expect different results. I, I fully expect JG to to not have a whole lot of patience for um a, a guy that's not going out there and, and making a positive impact at any position. Just SOS until until Kyler Murray comes back, and, and hopefully that's soon. In the meantime, The Athletic did their annual QB ranking. This is from Mike Sando. He goes and polls a bunch of NFL people, executives, coaches, GMs. It's a it's a real list, right? It's not, you know, bumblefuck, let's put Kyler Murray in the, in the tier six list. It's a real list. So Kyler Murray, they have tiers. He is in the third tier as the number one tier three quarterback, 13th overall. Drops from the tier two list last year. And while I disagree with some of the names ahead of K1, Bo Brock, that include guys like Dak Prescott, right? And, you know, 
some of these other guys, like, uh, let me pull it up here. Deshaun Watson's ahead of him. You know, Kirk Cousins, he's productive. He's a, Kyler's in front of Derek Carr and, and Jared Goff. And I think he, this is probably the, the nicest ranking I've seen of K1 this offseason. There's a blurb that says, you know, Kyler, I think is a tier two if he's healthy. Um, basically saying that, you know, they gave him a lot of credit in 2001. He was the only reason they made the playoffs. But then, of course, there's concerns about the leadership, blah, blah, blah. But 13th overall coming off a torn ACL and a public schmear campaign for K1. I would say that's I, I would take that if I'm a Cardinal fan, because really, like for Kyler, there's only one place to go and it's up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once he knocks off the rust from from the injury and, and picks up the new system, I mean, it's going to be exciting. Uh, it's the most logical list we've seen in a long time. It is, yeah. Instead of just, uh, I don't know it's what to do with them. Yeah, it's just to to cast him off and and throw him in a tier just above guys who haven't played at the NFL level yet, as you know, rookies and and guys like Baker Mayfield. It's just one you're 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 just not putting in enough work. It's lazy. Uh, it, it really is lazy and, and a credit to Mike Sando, who not only covers the game uh, really well, but also covers the NFL uh, with, with a micro the NFC West, I should say with a microscope. Uh, and he knows, I mean, he's seen him play and he's seen him elevate and he's seen, you know, what people who hook their wagon to, to Kyler Murray, like what they see. And, and that's good. That's refreshing. And it's, even though we're not completely satisfied, I don't know if we ever will be, <laughs> but uh, you know, Kyler Murray, it's, it's, I think that's way more realistic than, than anybody's been this off season about the Cardinals quarterback because of, you know, what they saw last year. says Kyler has a chance to establish a fresh start. And speaking of that, he, here's, uh, I believe Drew Petzing talking a little bit about Kyler Murray in this offense, Bo Brock. Yeah, I think that'll be something that we have to work through as an organization. And certainly you don't want, you know, you have to do both in a limited amount of time. So I think it's going to be being creative, finding time to make sure that those guys get the prep they need to play. And that Kyler is also coming along. So he's banking as many physical reps as he can prior to hitting the field. You know, obviously dealt a little bit with that last year and saw different ways to do that and some things that worked and some things that didn't. And then it's going to be different by people and by system and by place. So we're going to have to be creative when that comes up. So that, that was Petsing answering, you know, how is how is he going to ride the line between preparing whoever's starting at quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals if it hits the regular season and preparing Kyler Murray, getting him up and getting him the reps necessary to, to come back. And, you know, that's going to be a fine line that he's going to have to walk um, in order to do so because is your undermanned at the quarterback position no matter which direction you go outside of Kyler Murray – and then getting Kyler Murray up to speed, it's going to be tricky. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I also, I really loved what Drew Petzing said, and check it out on PHNX underscore Cardinals if you if you want to see the full clip. But basically, that they are tailoring this offense to each quarterback. Mm -hmm. And that's what the best offensive coordinators do, right? Like Kyler's not going to run exactly the same offense as, as Colt McCoy. I think a lot of people think, well, Kyler's going to play under center. It's going to be a one-size-fits-all unit, like, if you have Kyler Murray, you know, coming back from an ACL injury or not, like you're going to lean into his strengths. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why, uh, among other important reasons that they're, that they're leaning on his rehab and, and taking their time is when they unleash Kyler Murray on the field, they want him to do the things that we're accustomed of, of seeing him do. And and part of that is just second nature. K one's going to be under center, but then be pressured and want to roll out of the pocket and make a play. And, and so I, I think Drew Petzing, there's just something about him where, his his demeanor 
is I think going to be perfect for Kyler Murray. It's exploratory, right? Mutual respect, somebody who wants to see him succeed. And then like Petsing to his point, like they did this with Deshaun Watson last year for a much mm -hmm. longer time to try to prep him and get him ready. Now he wasn't coming off injury. It was a different set of circumstances, but he also didn't play football for an entire year. Right. Um, and so I, I think it, Drew is uniquely positioned, Bo, to be able to take Kyler Murray off this injury in a new system and set him up for success. Like I watched Deshaun in a lot of those. We watched it for whatever reason, a ton of Cleveland Brown games last year, early on. Um, and Deshaun, Deshaun struggled, but again, there were throws to be made. And I, I think Kyler Murray is going to have an, an opportunity here to, to rebuild his confidence in this offense that will feature him. But he's again, like we've mentioned, he's not going to be the entirety of the, of the system. Like he was under Cliff Kingsbury. Right. Yeah. It's not going to be a system that's, that's built on, you know, it, it, we're going to do this and we're going to do it to the best of our ability come out and stop it and it's very predictable and if things do break down we're going to lean heavily on on our franchise quarterback to fix things and not have a plan for it like drew petzing as you can hear that very bright guy yeah. uh and and is going to have his entire room and his entire offensive group you know prepared to make adjustments and be adaptable and and really do whatever it's going to take the depending on what the opponent is and what the, the opponent's going to try to take away from their offense, he's going to try to make it as successful as possible. It's not going to say, hey, I'm just going to do what I do best and just see and pray that it works. Yeah, and I think that's that's great news for Kyler Murray. Get to some more of these comments in the chat. Petsing communication skills are much better than Cliff's, according to Jack Smith. They're just this coaching staff, like their, their football terminology, they – they try to educate not only the players, but the media. I mean, we saw the and heard Gannon's response to a defensive back question. He went on about a two and a half minute yeah. spiel on Saturday. It's just you're educated by these people and, and they have a track record. Again, right. is that going to lead to winning football in the desert? We hope so. We can't say definitively, but I mean, it's it's one of the biggest reasons I think people are sleeping on this team when Kyler Murray comes back. It's like you got some adults now, as much as people want to run with that comment from what? Friday or Saturday from Buda Baker. It was Friday afternoon saying finding guys for being late and, you know, wearing Cardinal gear around the facility. That just shows you emphasizes how bad it was, how, how dysfunctional it was. We love to talk about like eating in meetings. Like they have nixed mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. And, and I think that what Kyler said when he took the podium on Saturday, he's like, look, this is a different offense for me. Uh, but what, JG and what Petzing and what Rollis and the rest of the coaching staff that what they have and what they possess is the ability like Lincoln Riley did, you know, when he played under him at Oklahoma is the ability to teach and coach the shit out of it. And yeah. that's a, you know, that's a direct quote from Kyler Murray. It's like they knew their stuff and, and they're going to help you if you're willing to listen. Uh, I hope you're willing to listen of all the great deals that our friends at Circle K have going on. So before I uh, trucked out to Glendale over the weekend, I made sure to stop off at our friends at Circle K. Premium gas for not a premium price, Bull Brock. It's America's thirst stop. And boy, oh boy, was I thirsty. Thankfully, I'm an exclusive member of the SMS Subscriber Club at Circle K. You can too. Text PHNX to 31310 to join the club. They're going to hook you up. With a free buy one, get one 32-ounce Polar Pop. I myself, I like the unsweetened iced tea. I, I occasionally dabble, maybe a Diet Coke, maybe a Dr. Pepper. It's up to you. But do it. Do it with Circle K and cop a 32-ounce Polar Pop for free. 
Head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find the nearest Circle K to you. It was unbelievable to walk in from training camp, starved, thirsty, and have a full taco bar here at my disposal from our friends over at Illegal Pete's. Big thank you to Illegal Pete's. Not only just have like a taco bar, but have an elite level taco bar right there. I mean, we had the carne, we had the chicken, we had, you know, cheese, guacamole, queso, even though all of these savages in the PHNX office already ate all the guacamole. Uh, but it was still, I made a couple tacos before airtime here for the show. Big thank you to Illegal Pete's. You need to take advantage of Illegal Pete's. They have delicious tacos. They got the taco bar going on. They've got bowls, salads, burritos, nachos, custom cocktails and beers, and that piping hot queso. Oh, man, warm cheese. Nothing like some molten cheese to dip your tortilla chips into. That's so delicious. Illegal Pete's is your go-to spot this summer. Kick back and enjoy that ice-cold margarita. Margarita Monday. Save some money on your margs. The best margs in AZ. High noons. You can get five high noons for 22 bucks. Don't forget to follow Illegal Pete's at Illegal Pete's on Instagram. Stay up to date on their big events and deals going down this summer. Check out their stories. You can win tickets to concerts that you're all dying to see. Illegal Pete's, they're here to continue to make the summer a one for the books. Fishbowl Flash, uh, PHNX Cardinals gear is also allowed in Cardinals team meetings. I hope so, uh, but it's definitely allowed for uh, you guys to rock this uh, fall at BetMGM. If you want to check out the many gear of not only PHNX Cardinals, but PHNX in general, check it out at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. We've got a ton of good stuff right now in stock and available with a couple new shirts coming down the pipeline here in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Also be on the lookout for the PHNX Cardinals beat reporter. His name is Howard Balzer cranking out articles on the regular. He's going to be, I think in Canton, Ohio for the hall of fame game this <laughs> Friday. And I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything when I, I say that he's got a big piece coming out on one of the inductees. So be sure to check that out. Become a diehard go phnx.com. You will not regret it. I, I don't regret talking about Clayton tune today thinking that he could he could unseat Colt McCoy. I know you're in a different camp. You're there every day. I'm going to defer to my partner here, my co-host, Bo Brock. But when I see the lame duck hit number 10's head today, quack, quack, <laughs> from Colt McCoy, I mean, I was I was hoping we would cue that up with some fun kind of, you know. You want some, like, Benny Hill music? Yeah, some, like, clown music, maybe. Yeah. You check out Johnny's uh, Twitter. You can see this one. Colt McCoy, offense in complete disarray, drops back, throws a ball down the field, and Marco Wilson, who's in coverage, just bonks him right on the helmet. Uh, way behind the intent, uh, intended receiver, I'll throw a question mark on that. It was, it was a bad play all around for the Cardinals uh, and their quarterback, Colt McCoy. But look, I, if, if I'm going with my heart, I think everybody's going with – with the young guy, everybody loves to see a, a young signal caller that can light a fire, but it, it's way more sexy than, you know, the 37 year old perennial backup, but you know, th they're going to go with their, what they think is the smart move. And, and Colt McCoy is going to continue to be the quarterback one in Kyler Murray's absence. Thank you for everybody tuning in. Make sure you listen where you find podcasts, leave us a five-star review, uh, a five-star rating and a review. We appreciate it. Thanks everybody tuning in on the chat. We'll be back barring any breaking news tomorrow. Brand new episode 430 right here at PHNX Sports.